of times I always felt like people were coming to these conversations with mounds and mounds of debt. Um, and I never felt like I fit because when I started Green Path, I think I had 7,500, around 7,500 in debt, which to a lot of people feels like nothing. But to me, it was horrible. I just felt so alone and had so much anxiety and I couldn't, you know, pay my bills um, the way they needed to be paid. And so I never felt like I fit for financial counseling or, you know, um, fit those stories, I guess, that I was hearing all the time. And so I think I was inspired because I wanted to share that you don't have to have $30,000 in debt, $100,000 in debt. You don't have to have, you know, a situation where you have a family to feed and people depending on you. You can be in a situation where it's just you and still feel buried by your financial burden. Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Krista Lugazima. Today, we feature a conversation with Kristen. Kristen is a loyal listener of our podcast and recently created a short testimonial video about her experience with GreenPath. In it, she mentioned that while she had a smaller amount of debt than many of our guests, her feelings of financial stress were just as great. She'll talk about how she ended up in a cycle of debt with payday loans before she eventually got things under control. Let's hear more from Kristen. Kristen, I'm so glad that you could join us here on Real Stories today. And I wanted to start um, with the circumstances that eventually brought you to Green Path. And I was wondering, um, I know you were you were faced with some financial stress. Uh, what was some of what was going on in your life at the time? At that time, I was not just living paycheck to paycheck. I was living payday loan to payday loan. So I had gotten myself in situations just by overspending where I was kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. It was like I was using one credit card to pay another credit card. And then when those were being maxed out at the time, I learned of a payday loan situation, which I knew nothing of. I always felt like those were taboo, like they're not good for you. But I was in such desperation that I thought I need to research this and at least see what it means. And so I did. And I went into a local store that we have here. And once I started, it was like I could not stop. I was going probably every week for sure. Every, well, at that time, I was getting paid every two weeks. So every two weeks that I got paid, I was there. In fact, they knew my name. I knew their names. We knew about each other's lives. Like that's how often I was there. And the thing with those places is you never get ahead in a situation like that because you're borrowing against yourself at such a high interest rate. So I was doing that consistently. And what, what they do is they give you actual physical cash. So I would deposit most of it, but then I would keep some cash for myself so that I could still be social and do things with my friends and not let anyone know the situation I was in. And it got to a point where I was, um, it was around Christmas time and I was out with a friend and I looked, we started talking about money, which I don't normally share with my friends. And you know, I looked in my checking account and it was negative $848. And I just felt so defeated in that moment, maybe because I was opening up to someone about where I was at and then realizing, what am I going to do? I can't keep living like this. It was causing lack of sleep, stress, 
Um, I thought about money all the time. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was always, always on edge and nervous. Um, I live in an apartment and fortunately they let you pay. I mean, they want it all by the first of the month, but they will let you pay half and half if you're in a situation. And I've lived here a long time. I have a good relationship with them. I've always paid my rent. So it was over a year that I was doing that. And at that point, I thought, I I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. And so it was kind of at that stage where I thought, I need to figure out if there's any help out there for someone like me. Yeah, yeah. And so I can imagine why um, kind of caught in that cycle that you speak of, feeling kind of stuck, wanting to change, not knowing how to change. So when you had that moment, so it sounds like you had that moment of like, all right, I want to do something about it, but mm-hmm. wanting to do something about something and actually finding a step that's comfortable for you, that's not going to get you in a worse situation. Cause we all know there's plenty of, you know, uh, players out there that could make a financial situation worse. Mm-hmm. What was your approach? I know, obviously, we're sitting here, you eventually found Green Path, but like, get me to point right. A from point A to point B. How did you actually get there? Well, so I had that kind of moment in December, and I didn't call Green Path until August. So I had eight months of time of where I kind of started looking online. And I started re- researching debt consolidation programs, and then I was researching bankruptcy And I have a good friend that had filed bankruptcy years ago. And so I had talked to him a little bit about that process. But I was so scared to do anything. It felt so overwhelming that I would just every few weeks kind of look at something and think, I really need to maybe make a phone call or research this a little bit more. So I ended up calling some debt consolidation program and They were really nice. I probably spent 30 minutes on the phone with them. And then at the end of it, I think it was going to be to use their services, not quite 150 a month, but almost. And I thought, well, I can't, (laughs) like, that's impossible. I can't pay that for you to help me when I don't have that. Um, In addition to what they wanted, you know, for me to send them to pay. So after that phone call, I was so defeated. And so then it set me back again to kind of sticking my head in the sand and still doing the payday loan and trying to um, come up for air if I could. But I was so discouraged because I thought it, you know, I'm trying to find help. And I did have some good friends that I felt that were really good with money management and I reached out to them, but they weren't, you know, people are just so timid, which I understand. They were like, well, I don't want to tell you how to spend your money. Like that's your money. And so, you know, the couple of people I asked, they're like, mm, they felt uncomfortable with it, which was totally okay. But it just kind of left my wheels spinning. And every time I would reach out or try to do something and then it didn't pan out, then it would set me back again. So that's kind of how I went from kind of, you know, point A to point B is just doing little bits of kind of reaching out and then having that one phone call and then feeling like, well, if debt consolidation programs mean I have to spend this much money, then that's not an answer. And so, and I even knew of somebody from years ago that was a financial planner. I sent him a message on social media and I never heard back. So it was just kind of one of those things where I felt how, like, is there any help out there? Am I going to get any help? Is this going to be my life? What can I do? And it was through researching online that I came across Green Path. I don't know where, I don't know how it just kind of came up in my searching and decided, well, couldn't hurt. Give them a call. Yeah. And and that brings us to the next question, which is you have that call with Green Path. What was that first experience like? And and for now, we'll focus on more about the emotional aspect. And then later on, I'll get into the actual money lessons that might have come from that. The emotional aspect was terrifying. So I took the morning off work. I scheduled the call. When I called, they were really nice when they set up the appointment. 
Um, I was told it was a free consultation. So that helped a little bit feel better. But again, I still was a little reserved because of my other experience. And so going into that, I remember I had, you know, I was very good at documenting my money. I was writing down where money was going. So I had that in front of me and I was so scared. (laughs) I really was because it's a stranger. You're being vulnerable. I don't know what their approach is going to be. I don't know. You know, you feel very shamed about your money. I've always felt that, you know, why can't I be better at money management? And so you're going through this kind of, I don't know, feeling um, embarrassed about yourself and your decisions and then having to share that. So I went in with a lot of anxiety to that phone call. And so we got into the call and it was the nicest guy. He was so kind and he talked to me for two hours. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that much time had gone by. He asked such great questions. He made me feel so normal. He didn't make me feel like I was shocking him or anything like that. He asked a lot of questions. We went through a lot of my finances and then you know, he offered up the debt management program to me and shared a little bit more about that. And he also pushed back on me a little and said, okay, you know, he had challenged me, I think at that time, that for it to work, it would be good for my monthly expenses to be whatever amount. And to do that, I would have to like give up a couple of things. We had talked about that. And I remember saying to him, okay, you're putting a lot of faith in someone who obviously hasn't managed her money well. How can you trust me that here I'm telling you, okay, I'll do that, that I'll actually do that? And he said, well, I'm trusting that since you got to the point of making this phone call that you really want to change. And so I'm going to trust that you're going to do these things we've, we've implemented because you took the first step to reach out. And that meant so much to me. And I liked that I was able to kind of push back on him a little bit and say, how can you trust me? (laughs) That's why I'm coming to you. So it was really, it was a great phone call. I mean, he handled it so well. And when I hung up, I knew I wanted to do the program the way he had it outlined. Of course, I was still very, very nervous. But I will say after that call, I did feel like I think there could be hope. Yeah, it's it sounded like there was just this roller coaster of like both before the call, during the call, optimism, but still realizing there's a lot of hard work ahead. So let's talk about that hard work a little bit. Like, what were some of the money lessons that you recall from that initial conversation? Were there any kind of habits that you were looking at, at changing at that moment? Yeah, so one of the things he challenged me to do was to record every penny that I spent. I'd never done that. I knew where my money was going in quotes. I kind of knew where it was going, but I didn't know really how much I was spending on the things that I was choosing to do over like, you know, a month, let's say. So after the call, I got a notebook. I just went to like Staples and got this like ledger notebook. And I thought, okay, I'm going to record every single penny I spend I kind of just wrote it down in my own system and I did that for a year. And I thought, I really want to see where every dollar is being spent. And that was a huge challenge. First of all, just the act of doing it and making it a priority to do, but then adding it up and seeing it in black and white. I had never done that before. And so that was super eye-opening And it also, when you're documenting every dollar you spend, you're thinking about it before you spend it. After, you know, it's like, do I really want to spend this much money on this thing? But that didn't come easy. It wasn't like an easy process. It was a huge challenge, but it was a great lesson in just thinking before you spend and being made aware of, you know, where you're choosing to spend your money and where, you know you should lessen that. So, so that was a big takeaway from that. Um, 
And also, so with GreenPath, they have a portal for you to log into to see your progress. And the first month I was on the program, I probably called GreenPath every week, once or twice a week, because I was so nervous about it. I didn't know if I could trust it. And I was checking my portal all the time. I had so many questions and everybody was so nice. And again, made you feel like so normal, like this is just normal and really, really was helpful. But I think by doing that, by kind of trusting someone else to help you manage your money, I think one of the lessons for me was facing my money, looking at it and seeing where it's going. And because I was checking Green Path and I was checking the portal, you know, it just made thinking about money in that state different than when I was thinking about it before. So with so much anxiety, this was more seeing, okay, where is this going? And then watching the debt slowly come down. Mm. And that, that brings me to my next question, which is, you know, as you were about to start, you were optimistic starting the program, still nervous about a lot of things. Was there any difference in terms of what you thought the debt management program was going to be like before versus what it was actually like during the plan itself? I think before, and I didn't know much about debt management programs, but I think before I thought it would be much harder than it was. I thought it would be something that I would really, really struggle with and I would have to pay attention to. And I will say, like I said, the first month I did, but then after that, I was so surprised at how easy it was because they were doing exactly what they were managing that. I That part of my debt and my money management was out of my hands per se. I mean, I was still very involved, but after a while, you know, I would check my portal every couple of weeks, maybe, or once a month, but I just trusted them after dealing with them for that first month. So I think I thought it was going to be way more difficult and I would have to be more on top of everything. And Green Path allowed me to focus on the other part of my finances. <laughs> so then they could focus on that debt part that I that had been out of control. It wasn't like a miracle overnight. It certainly wasn't. But but progress was being made. I wasn't spinning my wheels. And I didn't know that that would even be possible. Did you face any challenges along the way as you were paying down your debt? Like, did life throw you any curveballs that kind of threw you off uh, as the plan progressed? Um, well... COVID happened <laughs> um, during part of that process. And I was furloughed from my job for six weeks. And at the time, you know, I had to apply for unemployment, which of course was very scary at the time. We didn't know what to expect. And so that was a big curveball in having to go through that process. And now everything's shut down. We're living, you know, only from home. But the thing that was nice about Green Path is that didn't stop. Like that process just kept going. However, I will say there was times, so I got paid bi-weekly. So I think it's like four times a year, you get three checks in a month versus two, something like that. And there were a couple times when that would happen. And I would call Green Path to see if I could stop one of my payments. And they always agreed to do that. Like they would talk me through it and say, okay, if we do it this, then this, you know, we'll pick it back up here. But it was so nice that I could do that in those moments of uncertainty, especially when COVID hit. That was probably the biggest thing that happened. Um, and I did start lessening the payday loan. That was a big thing that I wanted to get out of the habit of. And I didn't know if I could, and so um, that was that would still remained a challenge after I started Green Path. That did not just go away, that whole process. But by Green Path taking that on in a doable fashion, knowing that it was taken care of and paying more attention to my money, then I was able to slowly 
back away from using that. So I would say that was still a big challenge at first. And then when COVID hit was probably the other challenge of limiting now the income that's coming in and the uncertainty of what's going to happen. And throughout this process, I mean, you've spoken of some some fantastic support from the the staff at Green Path. Um, what other types of support, if any, did you receive in your life, whether from friends or family? And not specifically talking financially, but just other types mm-hmm. of support if they were helpful. I would say I didn't really share any of this with family, um, but I do have really good friends. And I had some close friends that knew that I had started this process and they had never done anything like that. And so there was a lot of questions about it. And I think it was, you know, opening up and being honest about where I had been because that isn't a topic often that comes up when you're hanging out with your friends. So when I did share, I definitely felt supported But I was also very cautious about how much I shared. So, you know, I got the support, but I did feel like a lot of it was a solo journey for me because I am a single woman. I live alone. And so there's no one else like having input into my financial situation. No one else is making decisions for, for, you know, what I choose to do. So a lot of it feels isolating a little bit because I'm making kind of all that progress on my own. And so I would share a little bit and I have great friends and they would support anything that I do. And I'm so lucky in that way. But again, I was very, I, you know, was picking and choosing what I was sharing about my journey too. Because I, I think there was enough of that shame factor or feeling vulnerable factor that, you know, what I did have one friend, I don't remember which friend it was, but said to me, I would never guess that you struggle financially. I would never pick up on that. And I didn't know how to feel about that statement. On the one hand, it was like, so am I, you know, living like an imposter kind of, or putting off this vibe of being financially secure when I'm not, or are they just surprised at how much I'm struggling? So that was, that was kind of eye-opening just in what we portray to people that we're doing and how we're doing versus what's really happening behind closed doors. And I think because of that, you do, or I did can feel so isolated. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And like, and and as you talk about how money is so often a taboo topic in our culture, we're going to get through the rest of your journey in a second. But while we're talking about talking about money, um, just, as you've come out the other side a little bit, like what are your thoughts today when it comes to talking about money? You're here today talking to me, of course. I know. So is that evolved or what are your thoughts? Yeah, it has evolved. I think I would love to see more people talk about it. I would love to see us be more honest and vulnerable in talking about it. I think it's so important as with anything that we're ashamed of or feel secretive about that a lot of times when you bring it out into the open, you realize you are not alone. There's a lot of people that feel the same way. And so I feel a lot more empowered today to have those conversations with my friends, to be a little bit more open with people about my journey, because part of it too, as you go through a program like Green Path and get to this point, you're proud of yourself. You know, you're proud that you took the step and you're proud that you're at this stage of your life. And that's fun to celebrate with other people too, but you can't get there without going through the hard stuff. And that's where I think, you know, I feel a lot better about talking about it now than I did before. And as I have talked about it, I think you get more support and you realize you're not alone. There's a lot of people in your same boat or similar. So a few years passed and you completed your debt management plan. Uh, What did that feel like when you realized the program was nearing completion? It felt amazing. I was really surprised because it felt like 
I, it felt so a sense of freedom that I hadn't felt before, but as it was getting closer, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be done in June of 2022. Really? Like I was so surprised because it was becoming just such a habit and I didn't have to think about it. You know, um, every once in a while, Green Path has sent me like a memo or something over email. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I should check my portal and see where things are at. Because when I started, I had one um, credit card that had gone to a lawyer. I had to show up to court again, which was terrifying. I've never, ever been in a situation like that. They didn't show up. So all I did was documented that I appeared. But when that happened, um, you know, I was really scared of that because, you know, they had turned it over to a lawyer and I didn't know what all that meant. And then, of course, you know, you think about garnishing wages and all of that. So because of that fear, I was so focused in the beginning that as time went on and as debt was getting paid down and they send you like, congratulations, like, you know, this card got paid off or this debt got paid down as you go through it. I signed up with, I think, four different creditors that eventually it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. It was just like this well-oiled machine that was working behind the scenes so that once it finally happened, I was over the moon excited. I was so proud of myself and I was so excited that I had actually done the work as far as reaching out to get to that point where I haven't obviously been to a payday loan place since that beginning. I've never been negative in my account since. Like all of those, it just bring it, it makes you feel like you have a new life. It just feels so much better. Yeah, sounds like this. And I know that after your uh, debt management program was complete, you still had some other financial goals that you wanted to tackle. Um, so first question uh, is, what are and were some of your financial goals uh, as you came out of the debt management plan? I wasn't saving any money. Um, I didn't know how to save. So one of the goals was once that was completed, I really wanted to focus some intention on saving money. And then the other goal was I had, um, I've recently changed jobs in the last year. I'd been at my previous company for 11 years and then just recently took a new job. And so my 401k was just kind of in the background from my previous job. And I was contributing very little to it while at my previous job. So then when I transferred into this job, that was also important to me to focus on uh, investing, saving for retirement. So having that emergency fund in place and saving for retirement, because when I was in the condition I was in, that just seemed impossible. That was out of my reach. It was like, yeah, I know you're supposed to have a savings. I know you're supposed to be investing, but here we are. <laughs> it's yeah. not happening. So that's definitely two of my big goals coming out of the debt management program. Yeah, I can imagine that one thing at a time, right? You're, you're trying to mm -hmm. put out the fires. And so then I understand that actually through this very podcast, you discovered something that is helping you during this next phase of your money journey. So I was wondering if you could share about that. Sure. So I listened to the podcast and you had interviewed Shannon McLay, who um, started the financial gym. So I really liked that interview. I was really attracted to her um, approach to training people up in finances the way we train people to get healthy. So I researched it and I reached out to them and I now have a trainer through their gym program <laughs> and I meet with him and we are working on setting up an emergency fund, investing in my 401k. Um, it's a great program that I find very affordable and it's been hugely helpful just to have, it's almost like having an accountability partner for your finances, like having someone invested in you 
and your journey and working alongside you. Because again, I had gone through the debt management program, but I hadn't really pursued any sense of budgeting or what to do when the program ended. I kind of was a little nervous for it to end because I thought, okay, now what? (laughs) Now what do I do with my money? Um, And so the financial gym has helped me figure out that now what? what piece they're able to like walk me through, you know, where I'm at today and how I can apply that and where that can go. And I'm creating a budget now that I never had really had before putting some money into savings. And we're working now toward figuring out what to do for investing. So you're actually able to start thinking about the long-term, like, do you have any long-term dreams now? If we fast forward five, 10 years in the future or longer? Yeah, I have um, little and big. I think, you know, I definitely want to move eventually. Family commitments has kind of made me try to figure out where that could be. But I know long term, I would definitely like to move. And one of the things that I have sacrificed, I would say, in the last several years is just taking a vacation. And so it might sound silly to say that's a long-term goal, but it really is to be able to go on like a week vacation with a friend or a group of friends and just, you know, go to a resort or someplace like that. I just, most of any trips that I do are to family for a specific reason or just like a weekend getaway. Um, So that's something that I'm excited about kind of having a vacation fund so I can do that more for myself. And then long-term, you know, moving and figuring out where I want to live, you know, the second half of my life. Hmm. And what, if anything, are you still uncertain about when it comes to money? Um, I think I'm uncertain still a little bit on trusting myself. I've been able to have some great accountability along the way, first starting with Green Path and then now having um, the financial gym behind my back. And so I think I'm still a little bit uncertain about if I can be trusted. Um, You know, I don't want to get myself in a situation that I was before, but I also sometimes worry that because that's further in my past, that it's not as present to remind me, you know, because when I think the fear is when you don't have any money, And so any money coming in is already accounted for. It's almost scary when you have money that isn't accounted for, because then what do I do with that? Where do I go with that? I don't want to make the wrong decision. I don't want to get myself in a bad situation. So I'm probably still a little bit unclear about that process, about being able to stick to a budget on my own. Um, But I do think the the financial gym is helping me with that. And, you know, I'm hopeful that I won't fall into the old habits that, you know, got me to where I was. Yeah. Just kind of that self-awareness of just not taking for granted as far as you've come to say, like, it's still a lot of hard work. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What inspired you to share your story with others? I think, The biggest thing is that a lot of times when I was listening to other podcasts or, you know, hearing people talk about financial situations or reading blogs or I always felt like I didn't fit the mold of those things because I like I said, I'm single. I live alone. I do not have children So a lot of times I always felt like people were coming to these conversations with mounds and mounds of debt or, you know, um, focused on education for their kids and college and different things like these big, big numbers, big picture. Um, And I never felt like I fit because when I started Green Path, I think I had 7,500, around 7,500 in debt, which to a lot of people feels like nothing. But to me, it was horrible. I just felt so alone and had so much anxiety and I couldn't, you know, pay my bills um, the way they needed to be paid. And so I never felt like I fit. 
for financial counseling or, you know, um, fit those stories, I guess, that I was hearing all the time. And so I think I was inspired because I wanted to share that you don't have to have $30,000 in debt, $100,000 in debt. You don't have to have, you know, a situation where you have a family to feed and people depending on you. You can be in a situation where it's just you and still feel buried by your financial burden and still feel like you don't know what to do with your money. And I think on top of it, you know, having to make all that decisions by yourself. On the one hand, it's a blessing because you're not having to think about a spouse or a child or caring for a family. But on the other hand, you're only thinking of yourself when you don't have the right tools, it's hard to make the right decisions. So I think I was just inspired to, you know, share with people that you don't have to be in mounds and mounds of debt to need help. What advice would you have had for your younger self? For sure, it would be to face it, face your situation. I think I spent so much time with my head in the sand, knowing I was in a bad situation, being anxious about it all the time, but not wanting to really look at it, like just sit down and figure out what is happening with my money. I am working a good job. I've always worked a good job and I've, you know, worked hard and I've always had employment. And so it's like, how is this happening to me? And it's easy to just put it on the back burner and to just do kind of like, okay, I'll fight this emergency today and that's done. Okay. And then tomorrow I'll fight this emergency, but you never really see like the big picture of the overall view of where your money's going. So I would have told myself one, well, I guess two things. One, there is help out there for you. There is, there are resources, there are people, there are organizations. I'm blown away now by how many resources there are for people in tough financial situations. And I would tell myself, face it, look at your money and make the phone call. Do the research, make the phone call, sit down. You know, before I called Green Path, I had to sit down with my money. I had to write down, you know, because I wanted to be able to give the information they would ask me. And I think that changed everything. I think it's really easy to keep your head in the sand and just not look at it and just go from emergency to emergency. And that didn't serve me. So if I could go back, that's what I would say, that there is help. And you need to face it. I hope I came across that. I don't want to sound like Pollyanna, like everything is great and it's all positive. I didn't want to come off like that, but because it has been such a journey and it has been so difficult and I definitely don't feel at the end of it. I feel in the middle of it. But um, I guess I just really wanted people to know that it was really important to me that people understand that, again, it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars to reach out for help. And yeah, and that it's okay to do so. So I feel like I got that across. But again, I didn't want to be too like sunshiny and everything's great yeah, and unicorns yeah. and rainbows because it's not been that way at all. Well, but, and a little little behind the scenes is I just love even how this conversation came together. Um Actually, I'm going to start with your perspective. I know how I found out about it, but um, <laughs> I know I had watched a, a short testimonial video that you had recorded and, and shared uh, with Green Path that I saw. Um, how do you find out about that request? And like, walk me through what led to recording the video, and then I'll talk about my uh, perspective. Well, okay, so my email inbox was driving me nuts. Okay, I was way behind on emails, and so. I had taken a day off work for some reason. I can't remember what appointment I had, but I thought I'm going to tackle my email. So I find this email from January from Green Path, and it says something about sharing your story. I don't know if it was because, I mean, I guess I knew I was going to be out of debt in June. So I don't know if they would have sent it that early. If it was just a generic email, maybe that they sent to all their people. And so I thought, okay. I will. And I thought, here it is, 
August and I got this email in January. I have no idea if they still want stories. I don't know where this is going to go. So I, I just, there was a link that said, share your story. And I clicked on it and followed the prompts. And that's how it happened for me. And we will include that link uh, in the, in the podcast notes, but so for my end, I get this video and, you know, my marketing team had put it together. They, they like to ask for this because we often get media requests. We have testimonial videos on our website. Uh, but of course, I'm selfishly looking for future podcast guests. So I just happen to be clicking on this. And then the first thing is like, you mentioned the podcast. I'm like, well, that's cool. Because I don't, I know my mom listens to the podcast. I have statistics that say people listen to the podcast, but I very rarely meet actual humans that I don't know that, that tell me this. So that felt good. But then you said, you said something that you actually said today, which is that you felt like your situation was, was sort of unrepresented in, in the stories. And I said, well, and that's why I went back to like, if your situation is unrepresented, time to represent, which is exactly what you did. Um, and that's just kind of the cool organic ways. You know, I, I just share this not just with you, Kristen, but just with the rest of our audience is if you were ever wondering like, oh, do I just like magically handpick people? Like I, all of my podcast guests have their own unique ways. You, you talked about Shannon from the financial gym. I've been listening to Shannon's podcast for seven years. It's been on my radar. And I'm like, I want this lady to be on my on my podcast because she was part of the inspiration for this podcast. And it mm -hmm. took a while to, to get a hold of her or whatever. And then that came about that way. Um, we had a guest uh, a few months ago um, that shared his story. And he also had some financial expertise. He did the opposite. He reached out to me after listening to this podcast. So like, there's so many different unique wow. ways. And so... If you're listening, and I know apparently that there are other people listening to this, and you are shy and you're not sure if you want to share your story, there's obviously no pressure. But like, by all means, reach out um, to us. Uh, and again, even if it's just a short conversation, we'd be glad to, mm -hmm. to have you. So, Kristen, I, I can't thank you enough uh, for sharing your story. I guess it'll be weird. Is this going to break the streak of listening to the podcast? Because are you going to want to listen to your own story? That might be kind of weird. <laughs> Um, I know I haven't decided on that one yet, but I'll definitely keep listening. I really find the stories on the podcast inspiring. Even if I can't totally relate, I do feel like little nuggets come out of every show that I listen to where it's like, oh, okay, I like that. Um, you know, their approach to budgeting or their approach to how they saved for that. And I think it's good to hear inspirational stories of people that have really struggled and have come out on the other side or are still in the journey. Again, because finances is so taboo among sometimes your closest friends, you almost feel more connected to these strangers that you're listening to that are going through something similar to you. So you don't feel as alone. And so I always enjoy listening to that because I do gain knowledge, but also I feel less alone. Absolutely. And that is the exact intent of what we try to do. So I'm so glad you uh, finally got a chance to actively be a part of that. So thank you, Kristen, again, for joining us. And I wish you nothing but the best as you work with the financial gym, you go on that vacation, save for that retirement and just be your awesome self. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Omari and Shamika. And uh, one of the things I wanted to kick today's uh, reflection on is something that, that you noticed, Omari, regarding whether or not Kristen kind of fit the mold for our typical plan. Definitely. One of the things that I heard often as a financial wellness counselor was that a client was reluctant to call or maybe they would mention that the only reason why they didn't call sooner was because they didn't feel like they fit, they fit the mold. They didn't feel like their debt was um, high enough or their situation dire enough to need the type of attention that they assumed that Green Path um, would be ideal in helping with. Um, and you know, many times when, when the client does finally get the courage to call, um, they feel relieved, right? Regardless of how much or how little debt they had, 
our financial wellness counselors are skilled enough um, and our empathic approach is thorough enough to be able to provide some value. Even if it's not necessarily the debt management program, there'll be some sort of value that you'll get at the end of the phone call that'll make you feel like you've got peace of mind in knowing what the next steps are going to be. Yeah, and and as as one looks at even just reaching out to us, to Green Path or similar organizations to begin with, I know that that's no easy step. Like sometimes we take it for granted that that people just have this epiphany and just immediately are just really ready to to go and dive deep into different solutions. So I was wondering if you could speak to that, Shamika, as to the challenges that people face to even seek out solutions to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just seeking out solutions in general can definitely be overwhelming because when you are at that point where you're looking for solutions for your debt, you're admitting to yourself that I do have an issue that unfortunately I cannot resolve on my own. So I may need to get some outside forces in for some assistance, um, which is definitely overwhelming. But if you need that help, taking that first step is the best way to go. Yeah, and just give yourself grace, right? Because as Kristen really illustrated in her case, she would take a few steps forward, get frustrated, eventually pick that back up. And you know, everyone has their own their own journey, their own pace. And so as long as you get to the whatever your finish line is eventually, that's what's important. One of the other things that uh, we saw at the beginning of Kristen's story is what prompted her uh, to really seek out help was that she got trapped in a payday loan cycle. And as she really discussed, once you're trapped in that cycle, it is no easy task to kind of untangle that. And she did have the supportive green path to do so. Um, but that kind of begs the question, what alternatives would have been out there for her to begin with? And honestly, I don't have a great answer to that. There are some um, smaller dollar loans that have more reasonable interest rates that I've come across, but they're not consistent. They're not widely available. So instead, I kind of want to focus on what brought people or might bring a person to take out a payday loan to begin with? And what are the alternatives for those crises uh, that kind of necessitate taking out a payday loan? And I'll give some great examples. Um, One would be, well, what if you're kind of struggling to keep up with your utility bills? Many people don't know that there can often be a lot of flexibility to reach out to your utility provider to find out what sort of arrangements might be made, whether that's a hardship arrangement, whether they have additional financial assistance that might be available depending on your situation. If it's something like your rent, you might have some flexibility in reaching out to your landlord to communicate that. Um, When it comes to credit cards, I know people are often sensitive to not wanting to fall behind so as not to affect their credit rating, but that's one of the things that we so often help people with here at Green Path to set up payment arrangements. Um, But even if it gets to that point, if you're payments fall behind on a credit card and you're getting a $30, $35 late fee. That sounds painful, but that's actually way less than the interest that ends up accumulating within a week or two um, when you're taking out a payday loan. And so one of the things um, that we would just urge people is if you're ever in a situation where either you or someone you know is considering a payday loan, that could actually be a great opportunity to speak to someone like one of our financial uh, wellness experts at Green Path just to find out what alternatives even exist so that instead of untangling a payday loan, we could actually help you before you even get trapped into that cycle. Um, now, as one talks to to Green Path, I know, uh, and we've talked about this uh, in the podcast itself uh, in previous episodes about Green Path's empathetic approach. And so this is another example of this that Kristen shared. And I was wondering if you could lift that up a little bit more, Omari. Definitely. I mean, you mentioned a payday loan cycle and how there's a stigma around uh, falling into such a trap. One of the things that we often hear as uh, financial wellness experts is that there's a great deal of trepidation, a great deal of fear when deciding to make this call. Um, The way that this was lifted up in Kristen's story is just another piece of evidence to suggest how important that is that clients not feel judged in how they arrived at where they are when they call us. And furthermore, unfortunately, the fact that it seems to be fairly uncommon that someone might have such an experience with a with uh, part of the financial services system and not feel judged. Um, it's unfortunately it's unfortunate that that is 
uh, not as common as we'd like it to be. Um, so anytime we get a chance to lift up how um, a client may have been really pleasantly surprised by how uh, kind, empathetic, and non non-judgmental our approach is, we always want to take the time to lift it up. Absolutely. Um, and you know, another part of the aspect, in addition to receiving empathy and support from you know our, our counselors at Greenpath, is what kind of empathy and support might you be able to provide to yourself, which is a totally different and often more challenging situation. So. I, wonder, I was wondering, Shamika, if you might speak to, you know, the importance and how might you uh, believe in yourself, trust yourself, because that's something that Kristen talked about a lot as well. Right, absolutely. It's definitely easier said than done. And I do um, appreciate Kristen's honesty with admitting that even though she's in a much better place financially, she does struggle sometimes with trusting herself to make the right decisions and not to end up in a financial situation that she was in before. Um, so it's definitely important to know and trust the true the tools that you were given, especially with Greenpath and the financial gym that she was mentioning in the episode and believe yourself that you have made it to this point you have gotten yourself out of the financial hold the financial situation that you were in prior and are in a much better spot and you were able to accomplish that with health with help of course but at the end of the day that was something that you did yourself and should be definitely proud of and trust yourself to continue making those good decisions um, but also in the future if you were to fall into some financial trouble again um, you can trust yourself to know that you're better equipped to handle it this time around as well well said just really speaking to just the resilience that we all have and that you know as Kristen went through this journey um, she really proved how resilient she actually was and hopefully can serve as an inspiration for our listeners and for others as to uh, what might be accomplished um, over time, you know, giving yourself grace along the way as well. So I thank you both for joining us uh, today as always. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's another real story in the books. Does Kristen's story inspire you to share your journey with others? If so, please send an email to education at greenpath.com. I'd love to chat more. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music, which will play us out. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination. Welcome back, Hero.